I've had two major incidences of having an eating disorder. My behaviours were quite different on, on both occasions in terms of how the eating disorder manifested. The first time it was very much a security blanket, something to fall into because I had embarked on a weight loss process and because it was heavily endorsed by the people around me because I was overweight and I was receiving a lot of um, affirmations from other people and encouragement. And so it was almost like a sense of acceptance. And it was the fear, I suppose, of falling back into my old behavior, my old person, my old character. It was almost like better the devil you know than the devil you don't. So it was kind of like being stuck in this cycle and not wanting to get out of it because I became very addictive. So it became almost like a whole way of life, a frame of living, a way of seeing the world. I remember my psychologist explaining that when you have an eating disorder, it's like your world shrinks. And that's very much what it was like because it became something of control. Everything that I had in my life, I was heavily controlling, not just around my food, but everything. And food became the number one priority because I was able to determine what I could and couldn't put in my mouth. But I couldn't control the thoughts, opinions, and behaviors of other people. So it was very much an anxiety-induced thing. At the same time, it was very much body image related. It was not as necessarily about like a number on a scale, but it was how a sense of self how I felt about myself and why I felt like I was compelled to, I needed to stay in this because I didn't know any other way. I don't really know exactly when it began because I think it's a slow and ongoing process of from when a it's like a ticking bomb almost as the, the time period of when I first developed sort of an eating disorder to when I was classified as, you know, on the mend was probably about 18 months I was in that stage. After coming out of it, I was fine without any problems for about three years, I would say. And then I slipped back into it again. During this period of being out of the eating disorder, I still had a lot of emotional problems that I don't think were dealt with clearly, but I had found other ways of coping, I suppose. Although I was no longer restricting with food, I was still hypersensitive towards food at times. So I would have slip ups, but they were probably only one day things, or I'd have moments where I would have a sudden freak out or something, but I was able to pull myself out of that because of my under, underlying sense of self and mood and that sort of thing, it came almost just like um, a scab that just needed to be picked out enough before it would be opened up again. I don't really know how I dealt with it at the time because in hindsight, I wish I had the knowledge I had now to psychoanalyze myself and look at what I was doing. But at the time, I was just very much going off the fear of falling back into an eating disorder, the idea of the experiences I had gone through, remembering how traumatizing some of those experiences were, that kind of kept me out of that eating disorder phase for a time being at least. I started to develop digestive issues and I quickly came into restricting my diet because of that and looking up stuff online and researching and trying this diet and that diet, paleo and all sorts of things, which inherently are not insidious. However, when they are treated dogmatically and when people follow them and people like myself who are perfectionistic by trait will follow them to the T and will not ever stray from that. It just starts to control your life again and that's where the eating disorder patterns, I suppose, spiral down. So this time it was more orthorexic, which then resulted in weight loss because of not being able to fill, fulfill those orthorexic traits in social settings or something and therefore not eating during those social settings if I could help it because it would conflict with what I considered as a healthy food or a clean food or that sort of thing. And I think this is a problem that more and more people are facing, this orthorexia, which is a very silent but insidious uh, mental illness that is really taking control of people's lives. I was almost looking for research which would affirm sort of my subconscious anxieties or fears were. So if I didn't really want to eat something for I don't know exactly what reason, I would find research that would prove that this food is not good for you. So then I would say, well, the research says this, so I'm not going to eat it.
I realized that there's more to life than what you eat and that the healthy, a healthy lifestyle is far more than diet and exercise. I would consider it as being like on a pie chart, like one small segment. You are detracting from your overall health in those, all those other areas, which therefore pulls your health down altogether. Stress, sleeping patterns, friendships, family, everything else, which I consider to be far more important, suddenly takes a backward step. In the eating disorder state, you think that what you're doing is benefiting you. If the payoff from the eating disorder is not there on the level that you hoped it would be, then and ultimately the eating disorder is not doing anything for you and therefore there has to be a better solution. I think for a lot of people, the eating disorder has a payoff that is subconscious. It's the fact that I can hide from reality, I can control what I eat, I can mask other underlying emotional issues. And when I realized that my underlying emotional issues were not being addressed, so you know, I was still feeling emotionally depressed, I was still feeling withdrawn, I was still feeling isolated, I was still feeling like I had a lack of self-worth. If my issues were not only still there, but probably amplified, I knew that the eating disorder was doing less for me than a life outside the eating disorder and I knew it was going to be an extremely hard journey and it was at times but I realized that unless I tackled it face on and confronted every fear that I had there I was going to stay in the same state. The worst case scenario is that at the end of it I'm still in my eating disorder but the best case scenario is is that I've faced my fears and I've come out the other end. I was hooked on just spending hours on forums all the time asking questions. What's the best way to recover? Da, 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 and looking for an external source of an answer. But you need to find it within yourself. So I did speak with a lot of people. I did ask people for their opinions and I wanted their hard truth honesty, what they thought, what they behaviors that they saw in me, things that they, they considered out of the ordinary and things that weren't part of my own personality, things that they considered were eating disorder behaviors. I was able to therefore try and recognize them in myself because sometimes you do get caught up in it. If you're not willing to engage in the recovery process on a deeply mental, psychological, emotional level, it's not going to work in the long term. I bit the bullet and said, okay, I'm going to try this. And I journaled and I took notes about, you know, how I was feeling and what I felt. And I allowed all the emotions to come out. So at times I would feel terrible and I'd feel fat or I'd feel ugly or I'd feel like I had no friends or something like that and I would write everything down in, on the page because once it was on the page it was like it was out of my mind it had been like sealed and I was able to let go of those emotions as such and it's when you start to recognize that and you say you see oh I'm writing this down but it seems really strange when I actually see it on paper and suddenly become almost detached from it so I slowly detached myself I think from spending a long time, you know, trial and erroring. So I don't think it works the same way for everyone. I find that um, the recovery process is very individual. So that's one of the key problems at the moment with medical intervention is that you have to find a way that can kind of adhere to as many people as possible. But the difficulty is that it really does need to be tailored to an individual basis. Everything from nutritionally based to psychological treatment as well, because everyone responds differently. In the Southern Hemisphere in Australia, eating disorders are heavily on the rise. We're actually one of the highest rates of population in the world, particularly in the Sydney metropolitan region where I grew up. Australia is quite Americanized in many senses, but as well we have a very strong emphasis on body image and self-worth. In Australia, a lot of people see it as a stigma, particularly for males, to identify with having an eating disorder because it's, I suppose, considered a weakness. And because of that, people keep it to themselves for a lot longer. And that results in the eating disorder developing to a much more severe extent. 
And when that happens, it's much harder to come out of an eating disorder when an eating disorder is tackled early on. So the first signs are warning signs. It can be rectified quite efficiently and quickly. But when someone has a full-blown eating disorder, it's something I believe has the potential to stay with the person for life. In my country, it's the male image is similar to many other countries, but particularly in Australia, it's quite hyper-masculine. And so there's a lot of shame and stigmatization that comes in the idea that you have an eating disorder, particularly for males, because it's not a male thing. Bulimia is extremely high. It's actually higher amongst males than it is females in terms of eating disorders. For me as a man, it was a, a difficult thing because I couldn't relate to females that had eating disorders to the same extent that other females could. I mean, I could relate in the sense that I never had an eating disorder, but I felt very much out of place. So I, I didn't even feel like I fit I fitted in when I was in the hospital. And that was because there was only in my five or six weeks that I had spent there. And that's the minimum stay you can stay. So I managed to kind of just get out as quickly as possible. It was Christmas Eve at the time. So they let me out because I didn't want to stay there for Christmas. But there was only one other guy that was there during the entire stay. And he had bulimia as well. And he... Like myself, I, I didn't really, obviously I didn't ask him personally about that, but it was very much something that he kept private. So he didn't really want to talk about it because he felt like this is, like, you know, a women's thing and there's all these girls here that kind of, they feel like they have a lot in common, but with guys it's very different. The more I became comfortable with who I was in, as an individual, the more I was willing to be open about it and the more I talked about it, it helped not only myself, but also other people recognize that the stereotypes that it's, you know, the underweight female that wants just to be pretty loved and accepted is complete rubbish and that this is kind of this is images that were feeded by the media to begin with but the more and more information that comes out the more and more people recognize that i find that a lot of the eating disorder organizations have logos like butterflies and rainbows and they use purples and pinks and although you can say okay this is on gender colors if you want to look at gender theory and politics and all that sort of thing but at the end of the day they're marketed and they appeal more towards a female dominated audience they have fundraisers like don't wear makeup day and so what happens for guys then because guys don't typically wear makeup so they can't associate with that at all or don't buy a new dress or don't you don't have to blah blah blah, blah. and it's all very female appearance centered another thing i've been quite passionate about is the recognition that eating disorders are ageless as well so the idea that it's just young girls that's the stereotype what about older men older women as well the elderly have actually increasing rates of eating disorders and you know men in their 30s and 40s that also have problems still because they've had this maybe underlying issue small issue that's just increasingly become more significant since they were you know 20 years old or even younger so I feel like there needs to be a more gender neutral, age group neutral idea. With guys, they say, you know, it's taken me a long time to realize I have a problem because I thought this was something that, you know, younger people got or girls got or something like that. And therefore I didn't think I had an eating disorder. I just thought I had something else, but I didn't know what it was. And therefore I didn't know how to seek treatment. I know someone who was bulimic and he went to the doctor and kind of tried to explain it. And the doctor just said, you know, oh, you're depressed. They never mentioned the word indus or they never mentioned the word bulimia or anything like that, even though he showed all the clear warning signs. Because I suppose even some of the GPs didn't recognize it as a male issue, they kind of dismissed it as just being, oh, you've just got some sort of psychological disturbance. Here's an antidepressant or something and go away. 
Recovery to me looks like, um, well, it's more like what it feels like when you're confident. You can you can go out, you can have drinks with people, you can go out and have dinner, you can socialize, you can live a normal, healthy, happy life. To me, it's about empowerment. It's about making the right decisions. So saying, you know, I'm going to eat this today and that tomorrow and I don't have a problem with that and it's not holding me back and I'm quite confident. And accepting your body as well, um, recognizing that everyone's genetically different and being really comfortable in your own skin and confident and willing to share that with other people. I think it's really important that you don't stop sharing your experience with other people that perhaps are struggling, for example. So for me, it's really important to be constantly engaged in, in the community and developing awareness and trying to give back in any way I can because I'm so grateful for the people who were around me at the time that helped me. It's just really about doing the things that I'm passionate about and that I love doing without, you know, letting food and exercise and self-worth come in the way of that. One of the really important things is traveling and I've always loved to travel, but when you're in an eating disorder, it's very difficult to be able just to let go and be like, okay, what do the locals have to eat? I'm going to do that now. And having an irregular schedule and enjoying that and embracing that and experiencing new things, I think is really important. And eating disorder stunts creativity, it just stunts everything else in your life so as long as you let those you know creative juices flow and do, go out and do what you really enjoy doing and get the job that you want to do and that sort of thing and engaging with people that you love to be around I find that the most beneficial way of kind of staying true to who you are and that means the person that's not stuck in a vicious spiral of an eating disorder it's been the best and worst thing that's ever happened to me in the sense of like some years of my life that I kind of wish I could take back because I didn't do a lot and I missed out on a lot but at the same time the amount that you grow emotionally through that period because you've got to really go to the core of yourself and I don't think a lot of people do that especially at a young age.